as the children are leaving the message, um, I had a real long message title, but uh, that, that makes it difficult on Andy there. <laughs> so I'm just going to call it the fruit of the womb, the fruit of the womb. Now, Mother's Day, you know, God's, there's God's idea of a successful mother and successful children, if you think about it, is much different than man's ideas of success. <clears throat> you know, last message, this is going to be the last message on the series of His Ways versus Our Ways, and, and we're going to see the, a glimpse of that in here. For our ways for our children versus God's ways for our children are usually much different. Our ways. You think about it, and I see it with Christians too. We've, we fall into these these traps. Um, uh, our kids are smart, or they're good-looking, uh, they're famous, they're popular, they're moral, or they go to church. Um, they have a certain career that you're proud of them about, their possessions, all that they have. You listen to people when they talk about their children. When they're not doing well, we, they make excuses for them or state that they're trying or they're on the right path or we begin to explain that they're just going through a stage and how they're really a good person deep down inside. That's not God's ways. The flesh has a tendency to exalt ourselves and our children by personal achievements. We have a competitive and a comparative spirit. Anything your kid can do, my kid can do better. You'll hear it all the time. This is a difficult thing to overcome. Now, if that doesn't work, we belittle the success of others, not so much to hurt the other people. I've kind of learned to understand this is not a hurtful thing they're trying to do to you. But the end goal is to lower you so that they look bigger or higher. But the act of demeaning others does not lower them or raise you in any way except in your mind. <laughs> At other times, we take our others' reputations, of which we have no permission or right to, and tie it to ourselves to artificially enhance our reputation or agenda. It's called name-dropping. I know of a family who claimed to be members of Winchester Baptist Church while we attended their faithfully at most every service. If I saw this family attend more than a half a dozen times through the year, I would be very surprised. Yet, they dropped the name of being members of that church uh, to the point where people said, you ought to know them really well because they're members of your church like they're there all the time they paint this picture they're they're dropping this name of being a Christian in this members of a church they really have no business tying their name to something that they're really not a part of and in trying to artificially enhance their own image their poor conduct begins to artificially and wrongfully degrade the reputation of whose name they are dropping Perhaps the worst name-dropping is those who claim the label of Christian, yet their words, behavior, their stand, their dedication, way of life, their goals, and their pocketbooks say something else. These people fail to realize they shed a false light upon the name of Christ and lead people away from God, actually. Patty sees this up at the home. You work anywhere, and somebody touts to be a Christian, and they're a miserable, 
evil person. <laughs> and the way they act and the way they behave. And you think, oh, it's so discouraging. You know, you're trying to, uh, you know, promote Christ and, and, and godliness in the right ways. And here's somebody who's saying they're just like you are. But, and, and you'll have actually people who say, well, you're a Christian like so-and-so. Hmm. Not much you can really do about that. You know, the reputation that we should be most concerned about upholding is the biblical representation of Jesus Christ. That's the only reputation we really ought to be concerned about. The label Christian was not a label that to call ourselves. It was a name given because of the actions as that being of the actions of Christ's likeness to those who knew Christ in the first century. Acts eleven twenty six, and when they, he had found the him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Today, if we are to be called Christians, our actions should be Christ-likeness, as defined by the written word of God. Now, on the negative side of self-exaltation that we <laughs> so much do is self-deprecation. Self-deprecation is seeing ourselves as inferior to someone else. In doing, and so doing, we devalue ourselves. Other times we feel like we just can't meet the mark. Our prideful society plays on these emotions <laughs> to sell you something. Success books. Now, I'll read success books, but you got to read them in a certain way. But I want, I want to present su success books in a, in a different way here. They're written on the premise that you are not successful. Why else would you read it? Think about it. The only reason people buy success books is that they already have determined that the author is a success, of whom, if you really think about it, you don't really know if they are truly successful in life because you only know the exalted part about them. You know, here's this person, or let's since it's Mother's Day, this mother that's touting all this and all these things that she does, and there's 24 hours a day. Hey, you can't beat math. There's something she's not doing. You know, but all we see is, oh, look at that. And you can get, you can get tossed aside and really beat up over these things, and you can uh, spend your money on a lot of, lot of books on make-believe stories. These book writers make sure they get statements of acclaim from other influential, well-known people in their field to further prop up their expertise in their area of success. You must believe that you are not successful, and this book is going to lead you to success. I think motherhood is plagued with prideful mothers who think they are the epitome of success. Some of which have never had children. On the other hand, there are mothers who think they're incapable, don't think they can survive it, or feel like complete failures. And that's a commonness feeling. First of all, let's define success. Now, if we took a poll in America today on the definition of successful mothers, and successful children, you would probably get several common characteristics. But you would also get a laundry list of characteristics that vary from person to person. My guess is if the poll was taken, there would be very few who would give you God's 
definition of a successful mother or successful children. Some might come somewhat close, but I bet they wouldn't really nail it very well. Now, I need to set a few principles down first for you mothers, okay? And these, a lot of these things, you don't, you don't need the Bible to tell you it. You know it. You can see it. Mothers are not all alike, okay? Stop trying to be a mother of somebody else. You're foolish to compare yourself with any other mother. In my immediate family, Beth, Katie, Hannah, Esther, and Keturah, all are very different mothers. And they need be, they need to be, and they should be. My wife was a different mother than her daughters. I'm amazed. Sometimes I'd take them back and I'm thinking, man, I would think they would have got that aspect from their mom. But they don't. And mom doesn't have certain aspects that they have. Every mother has different strengths and weaknesses. None of those qualify you as a good mother or a bad mother. You know, we often go to Proverbs 31 to define a good mother, and a lot of Mother's Day's messages on Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman. Certainly there's a list of things in that chapter that define a good mother. But if the list is what defines a good mother, then there are some who will fall short or who can't be a good mother. The Proverbs 31 woman had health, money, and other things. All mothers don't have those. So it's not in a list. But remember, the book of Proverbs is a general set of guidelines when generally followed brings a general result. We are wise to follow the teachings in Proverbs, but they're not claimed promise guarantees. Children are not all alike. And no child having the same mother is alike. They're all individual and different. You'd think there'd be, you know, maybe there is some characteristics, but, man, they are just all unique little individuals. Here's another thing, moms. You make mistakes along the way. Because you're human. You're going to make mistakes. <laughs> I've made mistakes raising my children talk to God about them and I ask God about them and what can I do about them maybe for my grandchildren my children and their children and it may be how it can help them but that doesn't make me a bad dad it doesn't make mom a bad mom it just means we made some mistakes okay good children go through stages and make mistakes along the way sometimes we feel like Velcroing them to the ceiling. You know, I, I come up with these ideas. I'm a real creative person. I get ideas of, man, you could hang them from a string, you know, and I think they already do some of these things, like a little bungee cord, and you just boom, 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 they're safe, you know, they can't get into trouble and all those sort of things. But let's also talk about what qualifies you to be a mother. A woman who is committed to taking responsibility of raising a child into adulthood whether by birth or by adoption. This means a mother can be any woman. You may say, I'm a nobody. Not for sure what to do or how to do it. Destiny might have feelings like that. I mean, this is new for her, new, new baby. But that's exactly what God is looking for. Now let's make sure you're qualified to be a mother. Here's number one. You were born a woman. 
I start thinking about this. That's it. You're uniquely designed to be a mother. Every woman has a design in them. God designed that. You know, Mother's Day is really a celebration, if we think about it, of God's design. Without God's design, you don't have it, ladies. You don't. And we could say that about men. We can't be a father and, and so forth unless it's in the design. God put in unique characteristics built into women to achieve motherhood. And all you need to do is look around and watch. You see it. It's in them. You have an innate passion. Here's the other thing you have to have. is an innate passion for children and choose to be a mother. Now, there is some oddities that happen. There is some people who refuse and just want their own way and don't want the burden of children and they talk themselves into things. But that's not nature. That's not the nature and the design of what God has. But it could also be a young lady who chooses to babysit or watch over children or those who teach children as a school teacher, as a Sunday school teacher. Though you are not those children's mother, you choose the role of motherhood support. And we celebrate you today as well. You're doing a part of motherhood. It's in you to do that. Just watch, just look around. Though men can do their best to mother a child, they are not innately equipped to do so. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Men are innately equipped to be fathers, but, you know, we'll save that message for Father's Day. Any mother who commits herself to the human work of motherhood is a good mother. Brother Reader talked about that a little bit. You know, just being a mother and providing and doing those things is a good mother and is honorable, and we celebrate that today. But being a successful mother, though having the prerequisite of being a good mother, has a unique set of standards in the light of God's Word. And that's what I want to give you today. Let's pray. Father, quite a bit of introduction, mostly of the human nature of motherhood and, and our children and what, how we define success and how we wrongfully, it's not, it's not your ways. It's simply not your ways. You have a whole different way, a whole different standard of what you would call a successful mother and successful children. And now, Father, I pray that this message would not only speak to moms and, and to children, and, but to the men, to everyone here, because it's a, it's a list that all people should fall under. But I want to look at it this morning in the light of a mother raising a child. Now, Father, bless the preaching of your word, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to give you one main heading. You could turn to Psalms 127. And under that heading, <clears throat> I'm going to give you some sub-points of what a really a truly successful, not just a good mother, but a successful mother is in the light of God's Word. And these points apply to all mothers. And every mother has the ability to do this if they will. And there really is. No excuses. Psalm 127, beginning in verse 1. 
Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Here's the main point. Everything's going to fall under this. Your children are God's children. They're not yours. It is the Lord's work to raise them. It is your job to point them into God's hands. Don't make them into what your image is. Make them into what God's image is. As you begin, you need to begin with an understanding of humility. That's a humble thing. 1 Corinthians, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. 1 Corinthians, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that many, not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him ye are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. It's not about you. Pastor Reader said it this morning. It's about him. It's not about us. This world wants to make it about us, folks. And it's not about us. It's about him. It should comfort you that being a good mother, though, has nothing to do with your human strength and abilities. Every one of you are equipped to be not only just a good mother, but a successful mother. As a matter of fact, if you have a lot of strength and abilities, <laughs> and this kind of goes along with everybody, it's not that God can't use them. It's just you're very suspect to using those instead of God's tools. You need to be careful that you do not allow these gifts to be your dependence in raising your child. Pride is at the door. You must not let it in. Your dependence needs to be upon God, letting Him raise your children. You have three main goals. I'm going to call them determination, dependence, and desire. The effectiveness lies in your teaching. Here's the best thing you got is by example. 2 Timothy 1.5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, Paul talking about Timothy, which first dwelt where? In thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, 
and I am persuaded in thee also. The biggest power you have, ladies, is your own example. But I'll tell you what. Let me tell you a little story about my mom. You know, sometimes you're not where you're supposed to be. My mom smoked like a smokehouse. She would cough to the point where I thought, is she going to get her last breath? And I just, I would be just like on my last toes. Is she going to get her breath back? And she always would. But and to the, today, this day, I can't stand choking. If anybody's choking man up, I overreact. <laughs> you know, I'm constantly like, looking, are they going to, you know. But, you know, my mom tried to quit. But she was humble, and she said it was evil. It was a wrong thing. I don't want you doing it. You should never do this. It's a bad thing. And she just couldn't quit. At least she identified it. She was humble about it, and she made sure her children wouldn't go down those same paths. Determination. Here's the number one thing, because this, this is the base root of everything. You better be determined that your child gets saved. That means a lot of prayer, folks. That means a lot of carefulness. <laughs> because as children, they have some understanding, but not all the understanding. They have, so you, you know, is it, I'll tell you what, that was a tough time in my life trying to understand if my kids are saved or really understand is the Holy Spirit working in their life through this? Is the Word of God, is this true salvation or is this just something somebody did and they're doing it too? You know, it's just up here, it's not in here. But we need to determine that they're saved. Mark 8 says, And, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples, also he said unto them, that's Mark 8, 34, and this is just before Peter says when God asked or Jesus asked him who he thought he was and he said you are the Christ you're the son of God and then just a little later down the road there he's he 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 said Jesus says he's going to go to the cross he says no you're not going to do that <laughs> I'm very much paraphrasing there and he said get thee behind me Satan for thou savorest not the things of God but the things of this earth and that's the point I'm getting at. We better not savor all these things that I first talked about in life and what your kids, those are all things of the world. They may be there. Those things may happen, but that's not what life is. But he says in verse 34, when he called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, <clears throat> let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Hey, you want to keep your kids away from salvation? Give them the world. Let them have all the fun little things in life and let that fill their heart and life. And you can lose them. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world? and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. 
You need to bathe your children in prayer that they come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ just as soon as they possibly, truthfully can. Every one of these lists, I don't mention prayer a lot, but every one of them is really just, you need to bathe, bathe in prayer over these things. Determined to see your child saved, determined to see your children discipled. You're going to find as this list goes on, it gets deeper and deeper and one thing built upon the other. Your children can get saved. What are you doing to disciple them, to help them, to build that, that faith in them? I mean, we can get so busy in this life, and that can kind of just disappear. And then you have a child later on who's kind of wondering, did I get saved? Did I not get saved? You have difficulties that, that come about. They need to be discipled. Ephesians 6, 4, bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now turn to Daniel chapter 1. I want to read a few verses here. Because you need to have a vision as they're growing. They need to grow and continue to grow. Okay? I'll tell you, I have a heart for this church to really teach, help teach children in the way of the Lord. And not to just, I'm just going to be honest with you, a lot of churches, they have their little kids and their little stories. And they're good. And it's a good start. But then they get older, they sit in church, and they hear a few messages here and there. But they're not taught. They're not developed. We need to be looking for growth and we need to be desiring and just really working at making that happen. Daniel 1.3 And the king spake unto Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability to them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourished them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the princes of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and unto Azariah of Abednego. Now we know these names. These kids just didn't, every day of their life, they, they learned and they studied. And these were not just up here and in the sciences, although I believe those can be important. Don't discount those in your children and what could be used. Just follow the Lord in that. But they were, they were godly children. Able to stand in the fire and stand in the day. And Daniel, we need to be determined. You need to see that, that your kids need to get to that stage. And you need to see this growth happening all 
along the way. So you need to be determined to see your children saved. You need determination to see your children's discipled. And then you also, I'll give you the word dependence. You need to see your children to be, be dependent on the word of God. 1 Peter 2.2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Hebrews 5.12, for when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teacheth you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and become such as have need of milk, not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Here's a vision. They need to know that word of God really well when they get older. It's going to happen little by little, constantly. It says, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It's a good thing. When your child's birthday comes up and he asks you for a Bible. a new bike not some candy though you may give them those things but you need to see your children be dependent on the word of God you need to see your children dependent and these are getting hard and deep folks but I'm telling you what you need to do this or they grow up and man they're they're not equipped they need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit of God and, and for a lot of us, besides the charismatics out there <laughs> who overemphasize that and take it out of context, we get a little, ooh, the Holy Spirit. I know about the Holy Spirit. Well, Ephesians 1.13, And whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. Sealed a confidence. That Holy Spirit seals you. Who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Children need to begin to understand what the Lord's working is in their hearts through what is called the Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity of God. John 14, 17, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. We need to teach our children and to understand what the working of the Holy Spirit is in our life. And I'll just make this comment here, and I'm going to make it several times through here. I already did once. But they're going to see it best in your example you're going to have to let them know how the Holy Spirit's working in your life so they can see it. And then they'll begin to feel it for themselves. The Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's how we know. I know I'm a child of God because I know what it is, how the Holy Spirit works in my life. And I knew it didn't before. It's totally different. John 16, 13, how be it when he the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. So, okay, they've got their Bible. How are they going to know their Bible? The Holy Spirit's going to guide them 
into the truth. It's not going to be a pastor. My words aren't. It's, it's when the Holy Spirit that's in you takes the words that are said and God uses the words that is going to mean, be meaningful and work in your life. It says, For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Our kids need to have that dependence. It's getting deeper, folks. Man, we can't brush by this stuff. We can't afford for ourselves not to live like this. Then there's desire. Your children's desire is that they would see the unmistakable power of God. Sometimes I come to the point where I'm like, Lord God, I need to see your power. Otherwise, I just feel like I'm doing things in human motion. And I know God's working sometimes in the background, but I'm, I'm still asking God, I'm saying, am I in the way of your power? Because his power is, is just so beyond everything. And it's available to us. Our kids can't be satisfied with just seeing circumstantial stuff happen. They need to see and feel and desire the power of God. We're training up quite a child, aren't we, right now? Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think, according to what? The power that worketh where? In us. 1 Corinthians 2.5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. <laughs> We're falling into this world and Christianity's falling into this world of wisdom of men. <laughs> but in the power of God. 1 Peter 1.5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And then also your children's ultimate desire, listen to this, to see God get the glory. The world wants you to have the glory and the things. But God says we need to be after God's glory, God getting the glory. How, much, how many times you know somebody says something to us about us or whatever does it puff us up and make us feel good and sometimes people say things to make you feel good and you can you can take those for what it's worth but I'll tell you what I look at my success whatever you might call that it's only because of God I'm learning more and more every day it's only because of God <laughs> I would be nothing without him I want to give him the glory. That he should, people should see our good works and glorify who? You? Your father, which is, and that's a big task. And so these are the things that's going to make you a successful mother. But you're going to have a very difficult time if you don't have them yourself. For one, you know, some of you are homeschooling and you're like, 
You know, I don't, if you don't know something very well, you have a hard time trying to teach it, don't you? The same thing with Christianity. If you're not doing these things yourself, you're going to have a hard time with your children. But you can pray. Just fall on God. God's the one who can do it anyway. Okay? You know, my mom, like I said, with the smoking, she, it was out of her control, but she fell in humility and she just told us kids never to do what she does because it's really wrong and it's really bad and it's not good for you. So what makes a good mother? To be determined to see her kids saved, to be determined to see her kids grow, to be dependent on his word, to be dependent on the spirit of God, to desire God's power in their life, and to desire ultimately that God gets the glory for everything. Really, it's let God raise your child. The story of Hannah and Samuel is simply a story, if you really want to look at it. Look at 1 Samuel chapters 1 through 3. You will see the aspect of of Hannah giving Samuel to God to be raised. And she was blessed of it. She got her own children. And I believe that she, with her own children, whom she was able to raise, that she raised them for the glory of God as well. Just look at her heart. It's a good lesson in there. Psalm 127, where we started, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. We do our part, but it's really God who does it. Otherwise, it's empty. When we think we can do things, when we think we can raise them and we can do this, and we're in a sad state. It's getting them under God and letting God raise them. And I talked about the Proverbs 31 lady. At the end of it, it says, Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. All those outside things are thrown to the trash. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. I gave you the items of what a woman what fearing the Lord is. It's fearing that she doesn't raise him to what I just told you there. That's what's going to raise your child. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise thee. Praise her in the gates. Let's have a word of prayer. As the pianist comes, we've talked about Mothers in particular, but it applies to all of us. <laughs> what a long way we have to go. A lot of little children here, you can do better than I have done. Do better than what I have done with my children. Take it a step further. Don't be concerned about what position they may have in this world. That will all be lost and gone one day but perhaps God may raise him up to be something very prominent in this world somebody great but may 
we teach them humility and service. And may they just see that as a servant spot, nothing but a servant, a lowly servant, as high and as exalted they may be in whatever they do. May they have that humility. May we teach and pray for them to be saved, to grow in the Lord. Help disciple them. Listen to them. Teach them God's Word. To, to be dependent on His Word. That they begin trusting their own selves in the Word of God. To know what the Spirit's working is in them and how to follow His Spirit. To desire nothing but the power of God in their life and to desire His glory. That is a successful child and that is a successful mother who will do those things to see that through. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. I think, did Mom bring uh, some flowers for all the ladies and the children too? And the little girls. All right, very good. All mothers and mothers-to-be and mothers in heart. I'll get a flower today. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings. Lord, I pray that you'd sink this message into the hearts of the mothers and fathers and children and all that's here. Lord God, may we do everything we can to ultimately give you glory in this little piece of time that we have. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You are